We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andy Liu, we got a uh, special guest here, the perfect person to kick off Warriors training camp with. But before we get to that, just one last reminder, Monday night, 8 p.m., we will be live on playback. You guys can call in, ask questions. It's going to be a good time. Uh, you can check our socials for the link, but playback.tv backslash light years. You guys have probably already been in the room before. Anyway, without further ado... Andy, I was asking, I was like, who can we get? Who Who's like the godfather of Bay Area sports? Who's the best voice we can get to bring on to here to discuss the Warriors training camp? And who did you say? Uh, d- listen, this is my newly fiance, her dad's favorite writer, her, him and Lowell Cohn, right? We have yet to get Lowell Cohn on the, on, the, on, the, on the pod, maybe one day. But this dude is his favorite writer. He was juiced. I think he started crying a little bit. I'm exaggerating, but he was super happy when I told him that. It uh, you're very, you're very, you're very much. In I'm the actually not engaged. joking. You're very <laughs> much joking. in the newly engaged honeymoon phase. <laughs> I can feel it. Um, from the athletic, Tim Kawakami. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing great. I thought you could introduce Marcus Thompson with that big lead up. Like, oh, it's got to be <laughs> somebody's favorite columnist. It's got to be MT. It can't, cannot be me. But he's like 71, so there's no way it's Marcus. Okay. He's been oh, reading okay, you yeah. since like the old Niners. Old days. Old days. Well, good I to have I got the old, old demo. I do. I'll take it. I'll take the old demographic. Why not? <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it later in the show. I want to start on Warriors, but one of my favorite things about um, – reading you is like perspective on all the Bay Area teams. There's actual right. perspective on it. So it's fun. Um, but yeah, the Warriors are opening camp Monday. Most people are probably listening to this Monday. Um, I guess I want to start with this. It's kind of a interesting offseason. It's, it's going to be weird to see Chris Paul in a Warriors jersey. But my overall feeling entering this is, is kind of upbeat. They seem pretty optimistic about this team considering what happened last year is that is that kind of the impression you're getting to i agree it's i mean you know they're kind of looking back on last season and all the things that we know went wrong and they didn't talk about everything that went wrong at the time sure. but we all felt it we all knew it you know draymond punching jordan Poole. but there was other pressures there there i'm not saying that was caused by you know the financial issues coming up but i think there were those things kind of pushing them and they needed jordan Poole. part of it was if you're going to give him $123 million extension is he's got to be really good and he's got to pay off. And, and that was a guess that he could, 
I understood it was a value play, right? You, you had to have them under contract in order to trade them if you wanted to do that in the future. But I just think all those things, I'm, you know, it's not just the punch meaning everything, but all those things were part of this inherent tensions on the team. And it kind of played out that way. It just wasn't put together right. They, you know, they had the Andrew Wiggins stuff certainly didn't help them. And you had various other issues, but I just think they felt it wasn't put together right. And so the, the, the reactions is they're hoping and believing that Chris Paul in whatever role he's going to have. And obviously that's going to be a big issue on Monday and probably from beyond mundane. I'm not thinking like, even if they decide it, whenever they do, it probably won't be fully decided. It might go in and out from there. Who knows? We'll see. It's, it's going to be I a was, fun season long conversation, whether he starts or not. I don't think he's going to, but we'll see. Uh, but I just think it's like, they think this is fitting better. They think this fits with, you know, you don't have somebody like basically Jordan Poole's pushing Clay, right? I mean, that's and kind of what they're saying. That's like he wanted to play instead of Clay. He thought he was better than Clay, and you should want to believe that. You're a young player. If you you want to be able to push the people in front of you, but that wasn't working, and it wasn't going to play out right. And obviously, the personality issues and whatever else, and the J- J- James Wiseman thing. I mean, you forget how long ago does that feel like that James Wiseman <laughs> feels like four. Of, it feels it, like four seasons ago, and I. <laughs> And, and like he I, was part of the play at last season, he, at least in the beginning. And then he went like that pressure that, that, that adds to the Kaminga pressure. I just think a, they think a lot of that's been settled. They may not be right, but I think largely leaning that way. We'll see how it feels right it, away. But like those things that they did to themselves by drafting <laughs> these teenagers, by trying to figure out if they could work on the fly. I think they kind of decided they can't just try to make athletes work in the Steph Curry Steve system. They just it's they tried to do it with Wiseman. It just didn't work. Uh, trying it with Kaminga. Yeah, they are still trying it with Kaminga. They are still trying it with Kaminga. As a forward, it is a little you know it's a right. little more pliable. There's right. a little more variety in that game. But you're right, it's still a question mark. But I think they really up- said let's just let's not try to do this exotic stuff. Let's do what we do. And I think the roster is formulated now is a better shot at that. You you bring up uh, you guys both bring up Kuminga and you know Chris Paul is gonna get all the headlines and everyone wants to see how it plays out. He's gonna start. How's this gonna work? He's been their rival. I get it, but I've I've felt this way all off season. I feel like Kuminga is the player who's gonna define whether this team uh, can get back to the finals or if they're gonna be more like the team of two years ago. And the reason I say that is they just don't have another wing other than him who can complete that small ball lineup. If he can't do what Otto Porter did or what Harrison Barnes did uh, seven, eight years ago, then we're we're back in the situation where, okay, well, their best lineup is Looney and Draymond, but then that doesn't work against like teams like the Lakers with Anthony Davis. And now you got to go with Moses Moody at power four, and he's a little too small. And whether it's Kuminga or Kuminga, they decide to flip him midseason for something else. It's like that is the player who will – it's kind of the make-or-break guy for them. You know, what they didn't have last year was exactly that, a backup power forward. Well, they haven't had a backup power forward for a long time. It was Anthony Lamb last season for most of last season. <laughs> I think that was problematic for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and they need someone to do play that position. I Actually, I think it, in the playoffs it was Clay Thompson. That's who the backup power forward was because he was basically guarding power forwards or kind of stretch force. Sure. Uh, they need Kaminga. I absolutely agree with that. And part of that is he needs to get better. And part of it is Steve Kerr's got to believe in him. And uh, it'll kind of, it'll be a combination of that, right? If he gets better, Kerr will believe in him. 
but more than anything, he has to be they have to believe he can be an offensive threat uh, because they know he can he can guard one on one at least. And, and and if you have that mentality, maybe probably can learn how to be a better d- team defensive player. If you play around Draymond, hopefully you can be better. Uh, it's the fact that defenses don't guard him. That's kills a Kerr offense. You just can't have, you can't put him on the floor with Looney. Like Kerr basically just said that uh, on Monday is you just you, there's no way that you can have two guys that the defense isn't guarding past 14 feet. And Kaminga, we know, has the ability to shoot the ball. You know, he's a little bit hesitant on it. Sometimes then he's too willing. Like, it, it, he, he goes in between on that. He gets a little combusted there. But I do. I, I agree with you. Like, if he's not playing 20 minutes every time, uh, guaranteed into a role in the playoffs, might not be 20 in the playoffs, uh, they're going to have some, like, manpower issues. They're going to have, like, we don't know what how we're going to piece this together. I think Kerr might lean to playing Sarich a little at the four, but that's a little bit awkward for them. Um, you know, it's the Looney yeah. Draymond work as two non-shooters because they're Looney and Draymond. And even then, sometimes it gets iffy. And I, I'm kind of pushing this because I've heard this. It isn't going to be Looney the first off the floor every time. It is just isn't. They're, they've decided he's more important than that. You look at the win shares last season. Guess who led them? Kevon Looney in the regular season. Guess who led them in win shares in the playoffs? Kevon Looney. Um, it's it's a little awkward to think about, but when they're thinking about who's pulling who, who they're pulling off the floor to close games, and and you're putting Chris Paul in there because I think there will be games where Chris Paul closes. I think there might be a lot of games. I don't think it's automatically Looney. I think is that a Draymond thing you're talking about? <laughs> it's partly Draymond. It's Draymond or Clay. It's one of those wow. two. Okay. And you know, listen, it's competition. Those guys have earned a ton of respect. They deserve it. They're I mean, Draymond was good last season. I mean, it's not even, you know, arguable. He was a very good defensive player. I just think, I just keep hearing that it isn't going to be, you know what, the guy who's going to be happy, you know, fine with this is, is Kevon Looney. So we'll take Kevon off the court. That's not how they're going into it. There might be reasons to do it, but they're going well, to I, I thought the King series was super telling because you just wouldn't have expected Draymond would be the one, but it was the correct basketball move. And to Draymond's credit, he kind of bought into it. And you could see a world where he kind of ages like an Iguodala coming off of the bench at times. Just because Looney's younger, he makes more sense in that lineup. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's Steph, a issue. I mean, obviously, Steph Draymond, you know, Steph sure. role. I mean, yeah. that's how Steph gets to 50 points in Game 7. That there, that That's a pretty loaded element there. So I'm not saying it's going to be mostly Draymond. I just think it's, it's going to be a, an assortment. It isn't going to be just, hey, Looney, you're off the court. That's... Easy call. Uh, he's too valuable for that, and he's too important as a rebounder. You know, Draymond's rebounding has kind of gone down. That, that's one issue. And Looney might not... be the best rebounder in the league. So, exactly. Yeah. He's definitely the best offensive rebounder in the league. Yeah. And I just think like the this is getting a little bit resorted, you know. And uh, I Looney doesn't do a lot of things that Draymond does, but I just want to. I've heard that like he is not. He's not that guy anymore. Where they're just saying. Yeah, you really like Kevon, but eh, well, he's going to come off the floor. That's not how it's going to work. It might end up that way, but it's going to be in, kind of in a rotation. Kaminga becomes a huge part of this. Man, can you imagine if Kaminga could ever play the five? Like that would be a <laughs> real speed lineup. Like that's kind yeah. of what he should play in a Steve Kerr offense because he doesn't shoot the three regularly or at least reliably. Um, that would be a very interesting speed. You know, Wiggins at the four. You know, and you know Paul and. And Steph and whoever else, I mean, that would be 
kind of what I thought I, he could be, but it has never happened. I don't yeah. ever trust him enough at the five. The lineup, the lineup I really want to see is just him next to kind of the four incumbent starters where we didn't get to see it last year because someone was always out of lineup, particularly Wiggins, you know, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Kuminga, Draymond. I, I want, I think I was looking at the numbers, something like 15 total minutes all last season. And that actually sounds high. So that's the other one I want to see him at where you, where they get out and run and he gets to kind of, you know, Draymond plays kind of a faux point guard and he can cut and be a rim runner off of him and that sort of thing as well. Uh, but this all kind of gets back to, is he going to buy in and do the things the coaching staff says, or is he going to find himself in the doghouse again, like he was in the playoffs, talking to reporters saying he doesn't understand why he's not playing? <laughs> yeah. Which I'm, I mean, they really could have used him against the Lakers, but I understood why Steve Kerr wasn't playing him after those comments. Got a rebound. He's got a rebound. I mean, Kerr said mm-hmm. himself, you know, I think he got one rebound in the first two Kings games, and that was it. He was done. To 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 them that kind of you know equals energy that equals like let's just see what you can do athletically and you're not just going to float around out there and we'll see i don't know i mean it, it could go down the you know the jordan pool thing where he thinks he needs the ball in his hands and that's all he's, he's going to score and get out of his way don't think that's the way they're going to play it he's uh, find himself on the trade market exactly if he that. i think <laughs> i think there might be a you know Listen, you started Kaminga. I would get it, but then who the hell is going to play for this team in three years? It would be, I guess, a 38 year old Steph and a 35 year old Draymond and a 37 year old Clay. I mean, it gets a little sketchy there, but I don't know that Kaminga is going to be very. I, I this yesterday morning with all, after all the the uh, Lillard and Drew Holiday, I had people like I little. I mean, other than Twitter, I had actually people not league executives or people around the league saying, Jesus, I think Portland might really want Kaminga. You could really do Kaminga for Drew Holiday. And I was like, really? I was like, they want Kaminga that much? I, that's, I, I, don't, wow. yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Uh, and also the, the Warriors are not going to restart they, this right now. I mean, they might do what? it with Paul. Can they and, trade him for a player who's over six, seven, just one, maybe <laughs> who can shoot a three, who can shoot a three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess, I guess that's what everyone wants. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I thought Patrick Baldwin might be that guy. I'll still mourn yeah. that one. Uh, but I just don't see Kaminga having that value, and they might as well just keep him for now at least. Because if he increases the value, then why would the Warriors trade him, right? I mean, it, it's, it's one of those weird little con- conundrums that I think he's got to play out at least through February, see where he is, and just give him minutes at the four. Like, I've talked to Kerr about this. Like, just – just play them to four. Like those Anthony Lamb minutes, like somebody's got to play them. And it's not going to be, you know. Usman Garuba. Gonna... Yeah, exactly. They just don't have that. <laughs> well, actually, person. it might be. <laughs> Garuba, yeah. yeah. I was like, if Steve's going to pick a guy that knows how to play his system, it's definitely not Kaminga. Definitely Garuba. But my thing with Kaminga, too, is is funny. Portland's a perfect place for him because he can just dribble the yep. air out the ball and shoot 40% from the field. Like, basically, what he needs to do is just be Andrew Wiggins. And I, I always say this to, to Sam. That's why I'm pessimistic on him is he needs to be Andrew Wiggins or Aaron Gordon and just fail as a first option before he realizes that he's not good enough to be that guy. I think he still thinks he's good enough, which is fine. I mean, it's like kind of the same thing with Jordan Poole. It's you think you're better than you are, which is what you need to be good in the NBA. But Kaminga doesn't get to do what he wants to do. My favorite highlight training or uh, preseason highlight videos of him this summer is him just shooting the ball nonstop off the dribble. And it's like none of that stuff is going to happen in real life. None of that stuff. 
right? Yeah. If you're pulling up from three with Steph on one wing and Clay on the what other, you're immediately going to the bench. What are, like, nobody exactly. cares. Like, is up and he's like, oh, okay. Uh, we're just <laughs> here. Uh, I, I think it's a good point about like Gordon, I think is a really nice comp, just the physicality of it, uh, the maturity it's going to take to play that role. Uh, the fit with great players, and we—I mean, Kaminga couldn't play that role right now. He could plop him in there with with the Nuggets, and he'd be jacking up twenty shots, and you'd be going, "What the hell are you doing?" But you know, when Wiggins was out, Kaminga did largely play the, the small forward, and he was not bad. Uh, he was good on the ball, and this is before the IGP two, so they needed somebody on the ball defensively, and he was okay. You know, I, I don't think he was a highly efficient player, but he was okay. Then Wiggins comes back you know, really right in the playoffs. And that kind of discombobulates the rotation for Kaminga that, you know, Kerr's is kind of resketching out what he's going to do and Kaminga comes out. I think the minutes are there, though. I think if you just, like, they're trying to encourage him, just run the floor, rebound, and your shots will come, and maybe you start hitting that three. But I agree with you. I don't know how good they really can be beyond the Chris Paul stuff if John Kaminga isn't their eighth guy, right, seventh, eighth guy. Um, now GP two might get some of those minutes too, because we all know he plays power forward in the offense. That's what that's his position. So it, it's kind of hard to play GP two and Kaminga, or Looney and Kaminga, or Draymond and Kaminga. I think Kerr is looking at Kaminga, Saric, Paul as kind of your second unit threesome. But he said that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, he said it before though, and, and you know it's kind of gone in and out. Uh, but you, you know you put Moody in there, and then maybe you keep Clay out there. You know, that's an interesting kind of second unit. And I think that's why they like what they're seeing. We'll see how it works in the preseason and in exhibition games and then through the season, because obviously things can change through a season. But I think they really are hoping quietly, maybe not making it so obvious, that that Sarich Paul, who have a little combination themselves from the Phoenix days, I don't know how much they played together, but they're sure they're, they, they believe that that could be a nice combination, a little pick and pop. And maybe Kaminga as a diver on the other side. You know, maybe Kaminga just somebody that Paul says, I'm getting you three lobs a game. I'm getting you buckets. You go do it, young guy. Um, I don't know if CP3 really does that, actually says those things. But <laughs> I think they could, you know, they can picture it in their minds. And there's your second unit. And then maybe Kaminga gets more confidence. Maybe Steph and Draymond see that. You go, yeah, you know, let's, let's see him play with us a little bit. Because uh, one thing I do, right, and I go, you guys know, like, a lot of this isn't just Steve Kerr. It's Steph and Draymond. Like, they sure. did not want to play with James Wiseman last. I, I can tell you this. They did not want to put James Wiseman on the court with them. The statistics showed it, and they made it very clear. And once Steph and Draymond don't want to play with you, then it's going to be hard to get some minutes. And that's what happened. To, you know, the end was kind of the kill shot for, for Wiseman's Warriors career. I don't think they're there with Wiseman. I'm with Kaminga, but the better he plays with Paul – I think the more comfortable they'd be with just letting him play with with Steph and Draymond too. Yeah, Paul's probably a better guy that can get him a bucket versus Draymond, who also does look to get people going. But when you're not a threat, it just gets harder and harder. Yeah, every def year. Defense is defense is going to come off of him. They're going to yeah. come off of Kaminga, and then you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Uh, it worked with Iguodala because Iguodala is a genius. Yes, it's just, it's just yes. A, a different. My my funniest thing you talked about Steph and and Draymond and and what they want. I mean, I've been even annoyed at Steve Kerr about the the shooting right off the bat because Steph sometimes gets so uh, passive yeah, off the tribute, bat. Tribute, yeah. yeah. After a couple of years, you're just like, well, you know, that's actually Steph just wants to do that. Like, it's not like it's not Steph's not coming out and saying, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I want to shoot. But Steve's not letting me shoot. It's just, it's just <laughs> no. how he it's just how he plays. And we've yeah. seen that for years. 
Now, um, uh, it's 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 funny because they're gonna need they're gonna need Chris Paul. Steph was probably all in on that. Like it always felt like he he wanted someone else that can go not get a shot, but at least play make. I think he was. I think he was done with with Gen Z teammates. Yeah, he he had enough. I mean that too. Well, he pointed (laughs) out, and and Kerr and Dunleavy have both right after the you know they they lose to the Lakers. You know, Curry's like, yeah, we didn't have that changeup, that offensive changeup. I mean, we saw it. Like Lonnie Walker for one game probably Good. tilted that series just because mm-hmm. he did weird little stuff. Would you want him on the team for a full playoff? Not. not that valuable. <laughs> for that one game, he was freaking valuable. And sure. Warriors didn't have that guy. They were hoping Poole was kind of that offensive X, you know, like just go get us four buckets in the fourth quarter when it means something. And they didn't have it. And Steph said it. And I thought that was important when he I heard it at the time. I thought it was important. And since then, Kerr and Dunleavy have both said like they just needed something else. Someone who can get, get into the mid-range, take the mid-range, or force the defense to move, and then you find someone else. They just didn't have other than Steph. Because we know Wiggins is you know, he wasn't there offensively in the playoffs. It just wasn't happening for him much. So then you had who else was the defense going to have to move for? Yeah. There and I, Chris Paul can do that. I mean, we know Chris Paul can get into shoulder somebody aside and then you know pump fake and either take the shot or move it to somebody else who can take the shot. And they are really, really leaning into that. Uh, and they 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 did not have it last season. They just did not have that other guy other than Steph. So either Steph goes score fifty or uh oh. And you know when it's Lonnie Walker doing it to you, you're like it can't be that hard to get that. Like you know, there's guys out there that who can do this. We know the Warriors don't tend to like guys like that. You know, just scores. You know, guys who just want to sure. get theirs. But you do sometimes need it. And Paul isn't that kind of guy. He's just a changeup, as Steph would say, a different kind of feel and look and also he can play with Steph I, I think they have every yeah. at least he can play with Steph let's get Steph off the ball let him run around a little bit and then boom you know the defense falls asleep for for 0.7 seconds and the ball's up and it's a three uh that's again they another reason why I don't think they're bailing on Chris Paul for, for Drew Holiday right now I mean obviously if they could do it maybe they would have to really think about it but they're not pushing for it because they put a lot of chips in the Chris Paul bucket right now and Whew. they at least want to see it. Now, maybe by yeah. February that's changed. By February yeah. that's changed. But right now, I think they want to see it in camp and then you know make the reactions from there. And I think they think it's going to look pretty good. Yeah. Do you think they do the Chris Paul move if Bob Myers is still the GM? Um, I want to cross this by, by saying um, the one thing that's been uh, noticeable is how much more direct Dunleavy is publicly speaking than Bob Myers. And a part of that's Bob. Bob just speaks like an agent in general. He knows what he's doing by saying nothing publicly, but it sounds different for fans to hear someone like Mike Dunleavy. And it gives you confidence that maybe they'll pivot off of this. If they see it's not working in a way that, you know, during the Bob Myers years, he was pretty, he's pretty patient with making moves. Like he wasn't, he, he wasn't someone who would react harshly or impulsively just because something wasn't working. I agree. And I don't think, yeah, Dunleavy, I know you didn't mean this, but I don't think Dunleavy is going to be impulsive, but sure. I do believe that he's like a quick thinker. Like he's a, and it, yeah, he made the Jordan Poole trade. I think he was him and Kirk Lake. I don't want to get Warriors fans too aggravated <laughs> here, but I definitely heard that Kirk Lake was big in that trade uh, and kind of a quick, like, yeah, it's there. Let's go. Hey, it's available. We don't know. Boom. boom. Uh, we said, I said that Jordan Poole is going to be on this team for, for four more years. And then a week later I trade him too bad. 
Uh, <laughs> Bellamy is a little more shoot from the hip, like his dad. His dad was like that. Now, I will say Myers can sound evasive or sound vague, but if you knew him, you, you knew what he was saying. And I'm just beginning to feel that. Like, I always could tell where Bob was, even if the words didn't point you there. Like, just the tones and the shift. You know, he shifted away from Wiseman a little bit. He shifted away from certain other things. Uh, I don't know that he would have made the Jordan Poole trade. It didn't come up with him. Uh, but I think he would have thought about it. It just It's an interesting point. I, I have to think about that more. Uh, and I hadn't really thought about that until you asked me. But I do believe... Dunleavy is a shoot from the hip. He is like, let's make a move, and I'm not going to try to hide it. I'm not going to try to cloak it. Let's make... now. Let's see how that works with Steph and Draymond. I mean, he hasn't really had to do that when he's talking to Steph and Draymond after every loss, and they're expressing their opinions, which they do. And he's hearing from Joe. Wait a minute. Why are we five yeah. and four right now? We should be freaking eight and one. You know, like that. That's the pressures that Bob was under. So maybe explains also a lot sure. of the diplomacy. I. I'm sure I think Dunleavy can do it, but we, we don't know till it happens right. until they close a game without Chris Paul in the lineup. And it, they it all sounds good yep. until Chris Paul and Draymond get Correct. into it on the exactly. side. Correct. Exactly. And you got to manage that situation. Exactly. So. Uh, and, and like, you know, Hey, Myers joke that he'll, he'll handle Draymond for him if you want. And that was jokingly, but like, that is the real, like handling Draymond's probably 60% of the job. Uh, <laughs> so We'll, we'll see how like, I agree with I me. Mean, I just from his time as assistant GM, not that he was talking very much to the, you know, publicly, but just in conversation with him. He's pretty blunt, like he's pretty straight up about what, you know, and he knows the NBA life. He is knows, you know, he himself has been through it as a player, been criticized. He's been, been traded like four and, times. And, and he's not. That's the interesting thing. Is he's not sensitive to, oh, I when I was a player, I didn't want to be traded. So I'm not going to do that no he's not like that he's he's very real politic like this is what has to happen and we're going to do it and um but also i'll point i I think steve kerr has a larger role in personnel just because the way it's worked out right like Weissman didn't work and other guys didn't work steve well who works like who are you going to play i think myers at times is like is he going to play these guys and i think dunleavy at this point in his early gm run i think wisely is saying Let's just play. Let's get the guys that Steve's going to play. Like let, let's do. Let's not try to force things on them. And I'm not saying there were arguments with you know about it. I just think there was Myers kind of and Lake for sure. They wanted athletes, athletes, big athletes. Let's just we'll put them in the system. Work with Steph and Clay. It'll be great. And Kerr's getting like and Steph and Draymond. I'll point that out too. We're like these guys can't. They're they're messing us up. This is like clogging up what we want to do. And I think Dunleavy, at least early on, and I think maybe for the duration, is just going like let's let's not try to force stuff with these guys. Let's get right. guys who play with Steph and Draymond, and and that Steve will play. They drafted some of these guys that they would take in that Steve will not play, <laughs> and that's that's probably Pozemski. Like that is yeah. a her kind of pick. Now I don't know if he's going to yeah. be any good, but that fits. What her yeah. wants in a in a guard right there, toughness. Was, uh, my. My favorite podcast I listened to this season was uh, when you had Joe Lacob on yours and he basically pretended that he never said two timelines yeah, the entire time. That one, that one killed me. I guess I, what, I'm, what I'm getting at here is um, it does feel like in general, the Warriors make decisions collectively. Yes. And so that would make you think the transition from Bob to Mike Dunleavy shouldn't be 
that big a change, right? Like it's, you know, Kirk and Joe are still involved. Steve's still heavily involved. Like it's a lot of the same voices. Even Mike tends to have the same perspectives as Bob Myers on players. It appears. Um, But I don't know if it'll play out that way. I guess that's my my question here. Like, do we, do we think it'll play out that way or is Mike Dunley going to be a completely different type of GM? I think for the, length of the Steph Curry era, it will be very similar to what we've just seen. What fits best for the way Steph and Steve and Draymond want to do it? What is like, what makes this run last longer and hit its highest spots? Not what could be good in three or four years or five years. And, you know, Joe's big on that, right? He's three and four years. He, he wants, that's his thing. They've kind of moved away from that. Um, practically but i think steph's influence on this cannot be understated it's not like he's going in there and slam the table and we got to get on gp2 forget that's it it's the only person we can get but it's understood (laughs) it's kind of felt in there and and even if it's not directly the exact player he wants or the exact player that draymond wants it's a style that they want it's a style that they flourish in i think game seven against that you know they lose game seven there could be some different feelings to this. Uh, like, and I talked to Kerr about that, whatever what was it last week, this week, I can't remember now. Uh, and he, he agreed like that, that was showed that the old guys can still do this. Also mm-hmm. that the younger guys weren't doing it. like that, that, that. Both things happen. <laughs> yeah, right? that might have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if Kaminga comes in there and scores 27 and gets 15 in game seven, that might be, you know, that could have led a different way right. to pool gets 42 and, you know, and shuts down De'Aaron Fox. Not that that was ever going to happen, but if you know something like that had happened, you know who knows. But it really felt to them this is a continuation. This Curry thing is going to go long. Uh, he's going to he's going to maintain him until until his 35, 36, 37 year uh, age seasons. So I think Dunleavy's on board for that. Now, once that starts to end, this is kind of out in the future. I think the the kind of dynamics might change. But for right now, or what they got, what they've decided to do. I think they're leaning into this era, this time timeline, um, even to say that they never said two timelines. Uh, <laughs> I just want to draw it to say, it was you, Tim. You did this. You did two timelines. <laughs> like, I don't think I did. I don't think that doesn't sound like me, but uh, it's okay. You want to blame me, blame me. But uh, I do think that it is it is a very, this is what we got. And Steph is so great. Why would we you know, start planning for some future beyond that? Uh, don't disregard the future. Like don't do things that are idiotic about the future, but also everything we do is to try to get the, to the team to the NBA finals again. And then, you know, let Steph be Steph and hard to argue with that. That's all. That's all fans wanted to hear. <laughs> they just want like, it, it did. I mean, I do feel like trading Wiseman was just kind of an admission that like, all right, enough of this, like we're trying to, do all things at once. Let's let's yes. try to be committed in one direction. And maybe the Chris Paul thing will fail spectacularly, but at least it makes sense in terms of a right now versus trying to do fourteen. Uh, the pool one out. is is just as big because pool's actually yeah. good. Like yeah. I, I know I yeah. wasn't a fan of him last season, but like he's actually good at basketball. He's, he he's going to be a fifteen-year player in the league. He's a valuable we, player. He's a yeah. valuable they player. Just, in the they moved off of him for a dude that's nearing age forty that yeah. has no hamstrings, and that is and that is <laughs> yeah. scary. Even yeah. if Stephen Draymond wanted that move, that is a scary. 
It, it, I mean, it was a salary dump almost. Yeah. It was a, a chemistry move. Just six a.m. six a.m. Southwest fights. Andy. I just six a.m. Southwest. It's just not. It's not something I. I no. It's a huge risk. It's a huge risk, and they make that move to get off of pool, and that that's mad. I don't. Tim, do you think do you think Steph and Draymond almost asked for that, or were they just mm. saying, "Hey, we need to get off pool, like no matter what"? I think it was we we could use another roster piece that fits better. You know, I don't think it was purely pool. I mean, Steph's never going to make it personal. Sure. Uh, Draymond, however, uh, but I don't <laughs> I don't think those things need to be said. Like they're not saying it's they just like they're just saying, when Steph says change up, everybody knew what that meant. He didn't have to say get rid of Jordan Poole. He was just saying the roster needs to change, but I want Draymond to play. Like, so wait a minute. If you say it that way, how do you do that? I don't think he said go get Chris Paul. I think he was glad for it. But also Chris Paul is the salary slot. Like that's what it is. It's maintaining yeah. the salary slot with somebody who works better, presumably, uh, with what you've got than Jordan Poole did. You lose value. I'm, I think I, I at the time I said, Jesus Christ, it's a, it's a risky move. And then a Warriors executive whose name has not been mentioned so far on this podcast. So and I, I want to make sure that people know that. But just said, what do you mean risky? What are you talking about? I said, you just subtracted, added 14 years to your roster. That is a big deal. Uh, but it's okay, whatever. Um, but it's... Like it's flexibility, and I, you know this uh, bizarrely giving up 14 years gives them flexibility. There, that's a huge Myers thing, right? Optionality. It's a huge Lakeup thing. It's what happened when they acquired, you know, D'Angelo Russell, right? It's like we don't. Nobody thought that he was going to be a perfect. Maybe Joe did. <laughs> not sure, uh, but the rest of the franchise they didn't think D'Angelo Russell was the answer. They just said like, this guy's valuable, and. Getting him instead of getting nothing is a whole lot better when let by when, when Durant walks and in four months or three months or a year or whenever we're going to be able to trade this guy and we when we have the salary slot to do it. That was Bob Myers. Now we'll see if Dunleavy has that and if Dunleavy was in on that. I'm not you know so he clearly saw how it happens and he might have been part of the plot planning. Let's see if he can pull that kind of stuff off. I do believe Paul is that it's the two way play. It's like this guy works best now. And it's the salary slot that we can move. And that people are already saying that maybe you move him Drew Holiday. Not that I think it's going to happen. I, I think it's not. But it's it, people are picking up on it. Like, that's what Chris Paul is. He's like the guy, when the next guy comes available, the Warriors, that's when, how they're – When the Joel and Joel and that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> now, what, if, hmm. what if the Dame thing doesn't work in Milwaukee? What? Hmm, who might become available at that right. point? Yeah. Uh, that's like saying, oh, yeah, this guarantees that Giannis is going to be there long term. No, it actually doesn't because he's not going to sign long term this year because it make, he'll make more money if he waits a year. And also, think of blow up. And he's stuck with a 34 year old point guard who's really good, but he's going to be making $60 million in a couple of years. Like, again, he wants I'm to not the 36 year old point guard. I was going to say 55 yeah. million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's That's twice as good. But yeah, he's twice yeah, as and, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually. I, what, I, what I'm saying is, I don't think Giannis is saying, just get that guy and I'm here forever. He's saying, let's be good. Let's be good when I make yeah. my decision. And whether it's like yeah, Drew Holiday's freaking good. Like, you know, it's yeah. not like, you know, it's this. No, is, I'm, but Joe's I'm, not, Joe's not trading it for good. Like if, if no, no, you know, you know better than anyone, like he's yeah. not, he, he's looking to hit the home run that that's Joe Lake which, and has worked. It has worked for Absolutely. a very long time. So and they're going to, yeah, they're going to be when, when the next thing comes up, they're going to be in that conversation and it could be, you know, Paul and Wiggins could be Paul Kaminga and Pitt. I mean, they're going to be in these discussions and it's just, it's a good reminder to Warriors fans or the Warriors fans are doing the reminding. 
Drew Holiday comes up, boom, you know, three months after the Warriors trade for Chris Paul, and they're saying, let's do it. Let's go. It's going to happen. Absolutely, this is going to happen. I mean, and while I get annoyed at the, the, them telling me, I, I have since talked to people, and I don't think, I really don't think it's going to happen. As you can probably tell by some of my yeah. tweets, like I've doubled down on this. This is not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but it is smart for Warriors fans or anyone to say, the Warriors are going to, that's how they're going to get into something like this. Yeah. They're going to sure. get into a, a world, uh, uh, but I just don't think it's going to be until they see how this plays with Chris Ball and maybe not even then, maybe, you know, at the end of next season and they have that, that unguaranteed contract to deal with. Do you think Wiggins is on shaky footing with the team? Nah. You mentioned him yeah. as, and, and I, I know that's more of just like, you got to cobble salaries yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. I but just threw it out whole, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they get a great small, they get a great small forward, then, you know, that's kind of the way that works. Poor Harrison Barnes learned, learned that lesson. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, no, I think w- the Wiggins is the two-way wing, right? That's the, the great two-way wing. There just aren't that many of them out there. Yeah. They've got them at a really nice old plus. Not saying it's never happened before, but they made him take a discount to sign the extension. Yes. And it's kind of not cool to sign somebody on a discount to stay and then trade him. It's like Austin Reeves would be an amazing trade chip right now. But he took that discounted deal to stay with the Lakers. Make him he less could've... than James Wiseman. Exactly. And and I don't know that it's cool. And I don't right. know you could ever get someone to take less ever yeah. again if you do that to, to Andrew Wiggins, especially somebody who's had trust issues with his franchise, um, sure. who has gone through what he went through with the vaccination thing, you know, in the championship year. So I throw out name out there just because Jesus, if Kevin Durant of 2016 becomes available again, they're going to trade every freaking person on the yeah. roster except for Steph to get him, but not not right away with Wiggins. He's, he's still young. He's had a good number, and I think everything you know leads that he's going to be on this team for a while. Yeah, see if he plays, but he should be on the team for a while. This week's Light Years podcast is brought to you by NBA 2K Mobile. Sam, we got a new sponsor. This is my favorite one. Look, I'm a big play games guy, and NBA 2K Mobile just came out with a game that you can play right on your phone, dude. This is as convenient as it gets. You remember those Unforgo NBA moments? Get ready to create your own epic plays with NBA 2K Mobile. It is the must-play mobile game for basketball lovers who want to conquer the court online. You can download the NBA 2K Mobile free and start customizing your My Player and Dream Team today. There's always something new to explore. Embrace the summer vibes with intense matches on the beach cruise court. Dive in attorney mode, events, and regular updates for nonstop action. You can also unlock and collect tons of player cards to enhance your team's performance. I just unlocked a Jason Tatum card. I don't know what that means about me. That that was the card that I unlocked, but that's my guy. Future warrior Jason Tatum. <laughs> that is my guy. You can step your game up on the court. You can showcase your skills, climb the leaderboard, become a basketball legend. You can play with the virtual joystick or relax with auto mode. Again, best of all, it's free to play on mobile. So download the NBA 2K mobile free on the App Store, Google Play. Use my promo code Tatum2KMobile to redeem an exclusive Jason Tatum Pearl tier card. That's code T-A-T-U-M-2-K-M-O-B-I-L-E. NBA2K Mobile. This week's Light Years Podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was game time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful 
Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use light years, L-Y-G-H-T-Y-E-R-S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's, um, I want, Tim, before we get out of here, I wanted to kind of ask you just some evergreen various sports topics oh, sure. here. Please do. Please so, do. I know Andy's, Andy, this is the first time I've seen him wearing a 49er shirt in a month. <laughs> is this, is this the, the best the organization has looked since? Eddie DeBartolo basically had to sell the team. It feels like because I'm, I I grew up watching them be like the model franchise in the '90s, and then in the OOS it was the complete opposite of that. And I mean, they might be the best team in the league right now. They've been to three straight NFC Championship games. They should be a Super Bowl favorite. Three or yeah. four. Three or four. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You know, listen. We all know we look back on the Balky Harbaugh era as how it ended and how terrible mm-hmm. it was freaking good teams there they had you know two really good teams i'd say um so yes in terms of kind of culture and atmosphere this is better than that but let, let's see this team kind of do it again i think it's certainly very very similar talent wise to those teams those teams are tough as hell this team is tough as hell probably has more stars i think because they got the quarterback you have to believe the quarterback which i do uh, is set. If they had screwed up the quarterback, this thing would still be chaos a little bit, even with all the other talent they've got. I think they've got the quarterback. I was just talking to other four hours right? Just like, do we realize how boring it's going to be if Purdy's just good? Like, how many years have we straight where we've written every single week? Is Jimmy good? Jimmy's good. Is Jimmy good? He's good. <laughs> Trey Lance, is it going to be straight? No, Jimmy's coming back. No, like, we had that running straight, and now I'm going to kind of miss that uh, as it comes up. That's okay. I, I think they're set really well. Yes, I think they are. Uh, as well aligned, I'll put it that way. Since any, you know, since the Walsh, Seifert, Eddie, McVeigh years, I do agree with that. Um, and then we'll see if they can continue, you know, get keeping the talent through there. If they keep the quarterback healthy, if they keep everyone else healthy, I do think they are set up to win a Super Bowl at some point pretty soon. They do have to do that, but I, you know, you want to give yourself the chance to. I was, I'm writing. I'll give you a preview of something I'm writing about. Hopefully, in a week or so, We've got to talk to some people. You know, Dunleavy and Kirk Leg were at Fortnite's practice yesterday. These two teams love each other. Like, here's what I, I would say. My What I get, because I do so many different teams in the Bay Area, and I talk to so many people on each team, they're always asking me about each other. Like, you cannot go a day. Well, I shouldn't say a day. You can't go a couple weeks without either John Lynch asking about the Warriors or, you know, Bob Myers at the time, and he's just a massive 49ers fan, or Steve Kerr or whoever, asking me about the 49ers. They're very curious about each other. They like each other. I can tell you they're very similar. Like they're kind of Kerr's more hard-nosed than most people think. Like he's a yes. freaking hard-nosed guy. 
and Kyle is a hard nosed guy. Like they get along. Obviously, Lynch and My and Myers very similar people. Yeah. Very good friends. Dunleavy went to Duke with Shanahan for a year and a half. The un, the, the great oh, thing that, that I didn't I realized that they're ta I'm talking to Dunleavy uh, at a Warriors playoff game that and Shanahan's there. And they're talking about their time together at Duke. I go, what the hell? You guys were at Duke together? They were at Duke together so for a year and a half before Kyle transferred to Texas. And Texas. To if there's somebody who's not a Duke personality that's ever existed in this world, it's Kyle Shanahan. And wow. he agrees with you. He did not fit at Duke. See, I'm tipping off my good stuff. What wow, am I doing? That is I'm amazing. Just, that is like amazing. I've always liked your podcast. I'm blowing all my good stuff. <laughs> uh, but well, that's they are they they are very similarly thinking franchises. I think they're both practical, like they make the moves they gotta make, but they're also the players, you know, like the situation, they trust the situation. Um, uh, they are I'm again I'm, I'm gonna stop talking pretty soon because I'm tipping off all the stuff I've already learned on this one. <laughs> but uh they are fascinated with each other. And I sometimes I felt like I've been the conduit because they they keep asking me about each other. I've joked with Myers, like I think I'm gonna get you a job with the 49ers because they keep asking me about you. <laughs> and I I keep telling them you love the 49ers. He was at the last he was at the Thursday night game. It is a and and it would work. That would like Bob Myers with the Giants, no. I right. was going to say yeah. the Giants yeah. might need him more. The Giants, more. Are, the Giants yeah, the Giants are not. They, they are like that's going to be an implied part of what I write. I might even put it in there. Actually, like yeah. the I Giants was... are out of this. They're not in that group. It's <sighs> 49ers, Warriors, 49ers, Warriors. Now, listen, the Warriors have won four championships in this era, and that's the 49ers haven't. But we know how big the 49ers are. We know how they take yeah. over the populace, you know, the conversation. They just do. Like I I tell people, I tell Warriors people this. 49ers are bigger than you guys. Even though you're incredible, you've got Steph, obviously is huge. But just in in everyday conversation, everyday what Yeah, it's not it's is, it's for the Niners just have to be good. And yeah. and they're and that's all they have to do. Well, and when they're, they're horrible, they're very interesting too, yeah, though. <laughs> Jim, by the way, shout out Jim Tom Sula, by the way. <laughs> JT championship, championship winner, championship yeah, winner. Uh, uh, they just are uh, they're a fascinating team. And did Joe did Joe did Joe come back at you and saying who's bigger in China, who's bigger in, in Europe, <laughs> that sort of stuff? Because that's, <laughs> that's it's good. undeniable that's in North well, in Northern yes. California oh, well, who the I bigger mean, team is. <laughs> and that's the around the world uh number yeah. 30 kind of has the pull yeah. there but yeah. and that's that's uh that's international <laughs> and it will never change i don't think brock purdy's quite at the steph curry level no but <laughs> it yet. is fascinating how much those two are interested in each other but i think everybody's interested in both teams like they're really interesting teams they're largely thoughtful teams you can you can see how they're working uh it's just fascinating i'm the one who seems to be kind of ping-ponging between each other and uh, that's a story I've kind of told because, you know, Kerr and Lynch and Shanahan played golf last offseason. I wrote about heard about that. I wrote yep. about it. And there's definitely, a, you know, a feeling of similarities there. But it's just beyond that. It's just they like each other. These two teams like each other. And I think it helps them. And it helps them, you know, you know, I mean, Lynch talked about it on the radio. Like Myers called up in the middle of Bosa. Yep. The toughest part of Bosa negotiations. And, you know, helped kind of give them some advice. And again, these are things I can write about in the column. I've heard some other things about that conversation. That's really interesting. So uh, stop, uh -oh. Timmy. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. You think, you think teasing, Bob's, teasing up. I think Bob's up. less stressed out if he gets to work for Jed than Joe. You know, you think Bob's going to say Lynch keeps asking me, where's Bob going to end up? And I keep telling him, I think he could work for you. I think uh, you could get him, at least short term. He loves yeah. he loves the 49. He was there I, with his dad on Thursday night. I got to go. <laughs> 
That's amazing. I got to go to the uh, to the third team um, before you keep throwing out more stuff about the Niners and Warriors that you shouldn't be. I got to go to the third team because the Giants have given me just as much heartache as the Niners <laughs> these last few years. Yep. But at least the Niners are, like you said, steady. Um, you wrote about Gabe Kapler and how maybe he might be gone. Uh, you know, he's like standard scapegoat stuff, right? Yep. Just fire yep. the manager and, and, and see if we can bring someone in. You mentioned Bob Melvin. But to me, the, the the issue seems a little bit more structural. It seems a little bit more like, hey, this is, might be a long-term issue given the how much they want to spend, uh, given Farhan what he wants to do with the money that they can spend. Is that the right way to go about it? Um, how does this team look long-term? Like, where are they going to go? Now, listen, they brought up all these young guys, which I think sure. is good. And as I've said, it's better to be boring with 24-year-olds than it is to be boring with 34-year-olds. Like, you, you can see not, an upward Not an trajectory. A.J. Pollock fan? Yeah, not A.J. Pollock, all the others. I mean, Jock Peterson, whatever. I sure. mean, like, that, he is not going to be on this team next season. But J.D. Davis, like, and those are the better ones of their mediocre yeah. players. Uh, I, I think they have some guys who might be really – Luciano might be really good. Kyle Harrison might be really good. Andrew Bailey's pretty good and very great, incredible defensive player. So it's really important to have that. Um, so I think – fundamentally they're not in bad, bad position they just got to get to a spot where they get three really great players and if luciano is not one of them you know they they got to figure out a way to get them and i don't know that farhan is the greatest guy to get that he doesn't he i think agents feel like he looks down on them a little bit he's not going to overpay yet, yet he's paid good money for some players i just think the combination of farhan and, and gabe was not working and would not work I don't like to say you have to do things for the fan base, but in the Giants fan base, you do. Uh, you you need Oracle Park lit up. You need them to feel confident. You got to win, right? Winning's the most important thing. But I think with Zaidi and, and Kapler, I guess they, they they're almost like anti fan base. Like we're gonna do things that they don't like because that's what we're gonna do. And it gets a little bit too smarter than thou. Um, and I think Farhan's the more valuable guy. I think the roster's been put together awkwardly and it's not great and if anybody's sure. more to blame for this season it's it's Zaidi and, and the consequences but you can't go in with both of them I just I thought that back in September try to write it very carefully uh, but combined they're not you're gonna sell 2024 season tickets based on what lame duck year for Gabe Kepler and Farhan Zaidi why because they're under contract everybody like that, that ain't gonna <laughs> yeah. do it and these these things have a life of their own, and this is why I'm very critical of this of Chairman Greg Johnson. For right after I said they could be in question, he says they're both going to be back, and I take that as a personal shot at me, and that's fine. See, chairman can take a shot at me. He was wrong, and we all knew it at the time. If you knew the situation, you knew they could lose a bunch of games, and then you have to fire everybody. Like, what are you what doing are you? saying this on September 14th? It's not the way a chairman should behave. Uh, Joe Lega would not be guaranteed people <laughs> in, in the middle of right before the end of a terrible season. They're going to be back. Um, and I, I think a new manager doesn't change everything, even if it's the right manager, Bob Melvin, who, Craig Council, whoever. Um, but you do want a, the approach has to change. The, the, the sense around the league has to change. Sure. This team is open to not just analytics, not just being cautious with long-term deals. They might have to throw out a couple bad deals. Like, so what? You've got the money. Uh, they they have the need. Go, tr you know, Correa would have been a bad deal. The injury made it even, the injury issue concerns made it worse. But it wouldn't be terrible to have Carlos Correa on this roster right now. Like, 
you would be paying him more than he's worth, but I think fans would take a 26-year-old talented power hitting shortstop. Um, sometimes you have to do that. I think they'd be willing to pay Otani yeah, whatever. I don't, but I don't think. I guess the larger picture is you want to shape your franchise into a place that someone like Otani would want to come to, would take your money to join, and that's where they failed. I don't know that firing Kapler is the you know even fifty percent of that fix, but it's some part, it's some percentage, and you know guys have wanted to play with Bob Melvin. Let's say like absolutely, like I want to go with Bob Melvin. The money has to be good too. I don't think they've ever said that about Gabe Kapler. Slot in, slot in yeah. Matt Chapman at third base if you get. Bob yeah, I mean, there, you, could, you could you could you could think of a lot of different things. Sure. So I, again, I don't think it's the fix. I think Zaidi is. You know, I think he's really smart. I like him. I think he's not. He's very unhappy with me right now. That's the way life goes. But <laughs> um, I think I think he can figure out a way that's better than this. Do you think I would bet that, on him more than I would bet on Kapler? And then you make the move on Kapler, and I think just it sets up a better environment for the next few years. Last last question on this. Do you think it's because there's a lack of tension in their upper management? And by that, I mean, if you look at the Warriors, Steve Kerr obviously has a loud voice. His voice has not always been aligned with the front office in terms of what he believes works basketball-wise is different than maybe what the front office likes. Um but having that conflict has led them to more often than not making the correct decision, even if there's times where, you know, like a, a Jordan Poole's awkward or a James Wiseman's awkward type of thing. Uh, with the Giants, it just feels like I don't want to say everyone's a yes man around Farhan, but they all think exactly like him. Yep. Yep. And that's where bringing in a manager like a Bob Melvin, who's more traditional, he might be like, I, I know you think we should do it this way, but it's not going to work for the players. I agree. I think Billy Bean's never been better than when he had Bob Melvin as his manager. That's, that was my sure. point. Kind of, you know, a little tension. Billy's going to make the final show, uh, every single sure. final. We know that. But Bob was somebody who had to kind of like make sure Bob's okay with it. Let's talk through it. Maybe Bob wins a, a decision or two. Certainly, that Bob Guerin would never win, right? I mean, we we just just know those things. Or Ken Maka would be too obnoxious <laughs> to win. And like I, I think Falhan could use something like that. And Kapler is just you know people call him a robot. I don't I don't call him a robot, but it certainly you know not empathetic or there's no char- char- there's no charisma there too yeah. though. Yeah, I mean, I, I you're talking I about agree. fans that want. So I'm a, I'm a big, dumb yeah. Giants fan, obviously, and it's just yeah. like there's no. Yeah, Give no, me yeah, something yeah, to work with. Yeah, Ochi's not Mr. Charm and you know right. laugh every day, but he had something to him. Right. There's a gravity to him. Right. And that's what Kapler lacks. It's and like you're a good-looking dude, Gabe Kapler. Give <laughs> us something, you know? Give, a, give us something. He'll strut out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Gabe. <laughs> I just don't think his personality is such that he can be someone that fans connect to, certainly not Bay Area fans, connect to just as a personality. And Bob Melvin already has done that. Uh, there are other people who could. But um, it just got to it, it can't be Farhan and Farhan 2.2. Like it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to just feel this is something that could connect beyond the greater analytics community, let's say. And yeah, I, I we'll, we'll see. I, you know, it, it's possible that Farhan just can't do it. himself. I don't know. Uh, his draft picks have not been great. They just right. haven't like there's he right. missed he missed on Corbin right. Carroll. Like that's a hard one. Hard if you're looking true. at it, you go Corbin Carroll's sitting right there and you didn't yep. take him. Um, but, a lot of these issues are non non-existent if he just drafted a couple stars and and they absolutely. look like the Arizona Diamondbacks with all yeah. that enthusiasm. I mean, they look yeah. like 2010 Giants where they yeah. just have Timmy and they yes. just have Buster. That's it. And so yes. you- and, and you you need 
you just need fans just need the pathway. Like here's how it's going to work. Yeah. I believe this plus this and and 2009 it did not look great. It did not no. look great in 2009. It did not look great in early 2010. And then a couple guys named Posey and Bumgarner show up and everything freaking changed because they already had Lindsay coming Kane and all the no. others. No. But it, it it can turn quickly. But fans need to see that path. And if there, if there's twenty one thousand showing up at Oracle Park, you know, in mid April next year, it's done. It's done. And I think you need a different energy of that. I think a new manager would at least change some of that. I think the players might react to it and get Jock Peterson out. Get Jake <laughs> out. like that's got to. Like, Farhan does have a fixation with players like that. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. I, I, I he gets mad at me when I say you know there's yeah. nothing worse than a boring platoon than a bad platoon. Yeah. The bad platoon is like there's just two mediocre players doing mediocre crap, and I don't want to see it anymore. And he gets in love with that because he the one percent percentage over there and three percent percentage, and yeah, they're lousy. <laughs> Not like my dad, you know. That's it's yeah. just it's so true. I mean, just so true. Nineteen million for a left-handed. DH, who's not a cultural, I mean, yeah. stuff that Bags wrote about. I mean, yeah. just not yeah. even it, a culture guy. It just, it, they, the fail safe is that kind of player. Uh, with the A's when Billy wasn't going great, I, Jack Cust for I don't know if you guys oh, remember. God. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, okay, he can hit right handers, he can hit some home runs. I don't want to see him play, I just don't want to see him. It play. is interesting, those type of, the A's never had more of those type of players than the years Farhan was involved with them. Not saying it's because of him, but the early OOS teams had young stars and the team that they traded away for no good reason just recently was definitely made up of young, athletic, young stars like Matt Olson. And then the uh, the 2010 team, you know, it's a lot of uh, Brandon Moss. <laughs> Rubio DeRozzo, that's before yeah. that, but like those kind of guys. Yeah. And, you, you know, listen, there's reasons why they're there. They're getting them cheap, relatively cheap, but like those – these guys tend to fall in love with those kind of players. And if they're bad, they're the worst things to watch. Yeah. And yeah. let's see if a new kind of sense of a new focus there can kind of mm -hmm. pivot away from that. And I think it starts probably with firing Gabe Kapler. Tim, we appreciate you. You gave us a lot of time today. You got it. Always when is that way. a, when is that Giants or sorry that Warriors Niners that's article why, coming? It's out? a little scary. I hate doing this because it's it's a ways away. It's a ways. Oh, away. I see. I've, I yeah, see. Yeah. Uh, I've okay. started on it. You you brought it up and it's on my mind. Sure. That's why I, I have done some interviews, uh, but I've literally stood there while Shanahan and Dunleavy start talking about their good days together. I've been right there and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, so we'll just leave it at that. Uh, oh, that yeah. That's part of this conversation. Can't can't wait to read that when it finally comes out. <laughs> Hopefully relatively soon. We'll see. A <laughs> couple key interviews I got to do. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.